Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to Serving Aces. I'm Alexander Stevenson. Tonight, Oogie is away on spring break, so it's just me for now, and I have a special guest coming up soon. All right, so we're going to go into the Netflix Slam just premiered tonight. Very entertaining. Carlos Alcarez versus Rafael Nadal. Jim Courier and Patrick McEnroe on the call. Mary Jo Fernandez roaming the stadium doing interviews. Especially very interesting. She was doing interviews during changeovers, which I feel in tennis they should start doing at bigger tournaments to get fans involved. Alcarez said he learned about finding solutions from Nadal. He's really looked up to him. Agassi also made an appearance because Agassi is Mr. Las Vegas. And Agassi said Nadal was part of the greatest generation to play the game. He doubted we would see it again. It was a totally sold out audience, lots of celebrities. It was the place to be apparently before the big tournament of Indian Wells, which I'm very excited about, is coming up on Wednesday. This coming Wednesday, the main draw starts. The main draw players will be playing their first round matches and the seeded players will start playing Friday and Saturday. But right now, Sunday through Tuesday is qualifying. All right. Well, let's get into who I have as my special guest. So she is 11 years old. She is number six in Southern California tennis. And she is ranked 36th in the nation in the girls' 12s. She is also my student. I coach her. I'm going to introduce Miss Karina Cross. Welcome, Karina, to your first podcast on Serving Aces. How are you tonight? I'm good. Um, How are you, Alexandra? I'm doing very well. What did you think about the Netflix slam? Uh, I, I forgot to tell you. Nadal lost Alcarez 3-6-6-4-14-12. Alcarez won 14-12 in the tiebreaker. So what are your thoughts on that, Karina? Wow. I mean, Alcaraz and Nadal, they both have great games. Alcaraz, he is younger than uh, Nadal and he's quicker and personally I think he's a little more athletic right now okay well um, that's well said now but you can't knock the old guy Karina right I mean he just came off all his injuries he's rehabbing so obviously Alcaraz is going to be a little bit quicker but we get to clay Nadal might gain his speed right but going into Indian Wells, if Alcaraz had to play Nadal in the second or third round, would you pick Alcaraz? Yeah, I would pick Alcaraz because Nadal, I mean, he's great on clay, but he's also great on hard court. He's great on all surfaces. But I think Alcaraz because he is – well, Nadal, he, he's, since he's older, I think that when you were – in a like long match and Nadal would get probably more tired towards the end and Alcaraz I think could um outlast him yeah exactly okay but you do know Novak Djokovic is Nadal's age and he's outlasted Alcaraz 
Yes. Well, Djokovic, <laughs> he's, he's been playing and he hasn't, I don't think he's had an injury for a while now. That's, and I'm so glad you said that because he has been playing. And what we've noticed when we train together is your tennis endurance is very important, right? So when you're injured and you're off for a couple of weeks or a couple of months, it's hard to build back, which is what we saw Nadal go through in Australia before the Australian Open. He had to pull out because he wasn't quite healthy enough. So I would think you're right about that, Karina, that Nadal's not quite at the top shape he could be in and that Alcaraz would be a bit more fit this time. Yes, because Nadal, I mean, we see him and he plays a match. And when he gets farther and deeper into the tournament, um, he you can see by, like, the beginning of the match, he starts to sweat, like, at the very beginning. And you can tell because he's been injured and he just hasn't been able to play for a while. So I think he just isn't really used to being like, I, I think you understand what I'm saying, right? Yeah, he's not match fit all the way, right? Exactly. And it's really hard, especially at the highest level, to be match fit week after week after week. And when you get injured for a couple months, it throws you out of sync. But as a junior tennis player, you understand that as well. So, yeah, well, I mean, go, go ahead. ahead. <laughs> No, go ahead. Well, you understand well, it. So ex describe it for me. When you are in a really good level of play, right? And then you get stopped and something happens. How do you, as a junior tennis player, get that back? Well, if you either get like sick or injured or like whatever, or even if you just have like cramp in the middle of a match and you want to yeah, get back. Happen, right? Exactly. You, whenever that happens to me, I like, like, you know, have some, like, whatever, put tape around my leg if I have a cramp there or whatever. But I just think positive things to myself. And whenever I go, like, on to the next point, I think that um, I just have to fight my hardest for this point. And then I can have a break. And then I just go again and again until the match is finished. And That's after good. the match, and then after the match, I can rest. And then if I have another match later, then I have to do the same thing as I did in the first match. Yes. Yeah, so when you're a junior tennis player, you're kind of training yourself because you want to play at a high level one day. So you're kind of training yourself like a professional player who has to play. You're playing every weekend. You're not playing every week a tournament. But it's a similar way of training because you do your exercises in the morning, you eat healthy, you do your nutritional value, you get your body stretched, you get your body worked on. So you're really like a mini little professional right now. And when you watch the professionals, we're going to get into this because you went down to San Diego this week and you watch Katie Bolter play Donna Vekic in the quarterfinals. So when you watched them this week, what did you notice that they did that you do as well in junior tennis? Well, the first thing I no notice is that between changeovers, they either they have 
a big gulp of their water and then a big gulp of their electrolytes. And then they mm -hmm. have maybe a day, a bite of banana or whatever snacks, like energy snacks they have. And then, I mean, I, I do that most of the time. And then in, um, and then in a point I see that they, they put their, all their energy out into one single point. And as a tennis player, you understand that you have to, because if you don't, you'll lose the point or you just, it, something wrong will happen basically. So they're, they're giving a hundred percent every point, right? Because they are professional tennis players and they're playing for their job. So they're playing for money, but they're also playing for ranking points. So they know they have to give a hundred percent of intensity each time. Now, when you're in juniors, do you see that happen every time? <laughs> no, because <laughs> in, in, in juniors, I feel like since they're younger, of course, than a professional player, they don't understand yeah. that they have to put 100% out into each point. But I feel like when you're... A junior and then professional, there's a big difference. Age, I mean, like how strong you are, basically. Maturity. What you're, yeah, exactly. So, I mean, it's just they don't understand, I feel like, yet. But I feel like they will soon. That's good. But I feel like I could say what I teach you is you give 100% all the time and your intensity. And so when you go out on the court, you do do, you do, do that because you're getting coached to do that. So when you see other juniors, sometimes the coaches aren't teaching the juniors to give 100% effort for every point. And that's, I'm going to bring it back to watching Nadal and Alcaraz, because when you watch them, they give 100% effort on every point. And if you look at them in the junior days, they did the same kind of intensity, right? Mm -hmm. Because, I mean... When you think a girl or a boy and you think they like they have good strokes or but they don't they don't work really hard, mm -hmm. then you know that they pro most likely they most likely won't get to like top level. But if even if you don't have great strokes, you can learn strokes later, but you have to learn that you have to put everything out there into your the, the match and then that's yep. when you see that they'll probably get to the high to the high level and even if they don't get to the highest level they'll still get to the best of their ability because when you give a hundred percent in anything right not just tennis but in life you get the best out of yourself that's for sure yeah so when you watch katie bolter against donna vekic I want, I want you to give me a little San Diego this week in the quarterfinals against Donna Vekic, and she won in two sets. She just won the tournament in San Diego, which is a big deal, and her boyfriend, Alex Dimonor, just won Acapulco. He beat Casper Rude, so it's a back-to-back -back win for the couple. Uh, Karina, I want you to give me some analysis on what you saw with Katie Bolter's game and why you think she won the tournament this week. Katie Bolter is a very strong player. She has a strong game, 
when I was watching the, the beginning of the match, she was a little bit off. She was hitting a lot of unfirst errors. She wasn't making her first serve. She basically was just, she only had one serve. So, but at three, two, it changed. Like it went on. Katie Bolter. So she was down three, two in the first set. Yes. She was down a break. Mm-hmm. Okay. And she her she got her serve back. She actually was jumping and she, her chin was up because before her chin was down. She wasn't jumping. She didn't like keep her arm up. But after like at 3-2, she started to do all those things and then she didn't hit as many unforced errors. She started to play a li- I wouldn't say defensive, but she started playing I would say her game like she was she was hitting a good pace she wasn't hitting too hard she wasn't hitting too soft she was hitting like like a heavy top spin ball and she actually came into the net a few times and Donna Vekic I don't think realized that she turned her game on because Donna was standing close to the baseline and we're just getting the returns back because in the beginning Kate a bolter only had her second serve mm-hmm. so she donna was standing at the baseline just returning it deep hard and that's why bolter was hitting the unforced errors because she got jammed that was but good. when katie got her but when bolter got her serve her first serve donna didn't step back she didn't do anything really because she didn't adjust I don't think exactly I don't think Donna I don't think she realizes that when a player either turns her her game on or turns her game like it doesn't like it starts to go down because she always plays the same game hard and flat and she sometimes hits too many unforced errors she has a big serve which is good that gets her on the offense but when the returner gets the serve back either donna gets jammed or she just hits it in the net because she just didn't turn well so what so you I don't noticed think she was really so what you noticed was katie bolter maybe started off slow not making her serves and then she started making her first serves and her game turned on all of a sudden and then donna just didn't reset and get the momentum back and didn't really find her game and it sounds to me like katie bolter found her game and then look she won the tournament so she just needed that first serve in the first set right karina yes she did Okay, well said. I liked that analysis, Karina. Okay, so I know you are homeschooled. So will you tell us what a typical day to prepare for your tennis tournaments during the week looks like? Give me a day. Well, in the morning, I get up around, I would say around 7, 7.15. I take my bath for five minutes just to get my like legs warm Mm -hmm. and then I get changed and then I go outside and I do my exercises core legs shoulders arms and after that I would go eat breakfast either I would make myself whatever like hard-boiled eggs oatmeal or my mom would make 
um the protein the carbs all that all this yeah. stuff um good nutrition. all the nutritional good breakfast stuff right yes exactly and then i would do school homeschool for two and a half hours to, uh, mm-hmm. or two hours and then i would go to practice and um i would come back eat lunch and then I'd go to training or um, or I just, um, like, I have, like, a break for a while and I don't really have to do anything except You get relax. to relax, right? Which <laughs> exactly, is very yes. important because you have a busy day. Mm-hmm. And then I would eat dinner and that's, <laughs> and then that's go to bed around day, right? Yeah. And then you repeat it. Now, what do you like about tennis and what don't you like? So what's your favorite thing about tennis when you come on the court? Uh, I would say, well, I mean, tennis, one, is my favorite sport. But I feel like my favorite thing about tennis is being able to go full out for a for like a period amount like of time like if if you want to do like a uh, like a circuit with me and i have to go full out for that whole circuit then mm-hmm. i like to do those things what i don't like about tennis though is consistency <laughs> because- <laughs> so you like so basically you like to go full out, hit hard, and it feels free and fun. And then when I make you be consistent, that's the hardest part, right? That sounds yes, familiar. It's... Hey, that was the hardest part for me too. It's fun to hit hard, right? Yeah, exactly. Because it's a good feeling. Yes, it is. Especially when like when we did those those two minute cross court drills and I just had to get the ball in. You, you can probably hate those. Yeah, that's <laughs> why we're probably. just gonna keep doing them, Karina. <laughs> All right. So next question. How do you look at winning and losing right now being an eleven year old in the juniors and you know you're developing and you know we've worked on this. So how do you look at it? Like when you win the match, everything feels great, right? But then when you lose the match, what are some key things that I've taught you to look at? Well, I mean, losing a match, of course, is not fun. Yeah, but, it sucks, right? Yeah. But when you lose, you there should always be a like a lesson learned. Mm-hmm. Like like if maybe you're like we practice a like my serve before a match and the re like i wasn't able to do the pop or jump up maybe it's because i didn't maybe eat enough food or drink enough water or electrolytes or maybe maybe it's just because i wasn't just i just wasn't doing the technique right or sometimes the serve just doesn't work because you're learning how to play tennis right yes sometimes Shots just don't work. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what's so funny because even in the pros, sometimes your shot just doesn't work, which is why you always have to have a plan B, right? Yep, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, usually when I like screwing up a first serve or or like my forehand, for the serve, I 
just if I'm missing it, I would either just just go to kick or maybe just do my best serve and so I can get the ball in, you know, to start the point. Yep. That's good. And like a forehand, if I'm missing like if I'm missing too much, maybe it's because I'm hitting too flat. Or maybe it's just because I'm opening the racket too much. Or if, you if need you know to get in a better mean. position. Yes, exactly. Yeah, exactly. You just All right, so, like footwork. Yeah. Yep. Okay, so right now, who is your favorite female tennis player and who is your favorite male tennis player? My favorite female player is um, Sabalenka. I just, I love her game, aggressive. I mean, she act, she comes to the net too. Mm-hmm. Her serve is big, powerful, um, and she's also confident. And that, that I love that. So well, that's, that's a great thing, right? And she's a good role model to watch now because she's she has her confidence down. She has her temper under control sometimes. Sometimes. <laughs> but but she, is, she is exciting to watch because she's a big hitter. And now in the last couple years, she's been coming into the net more, adding a little more angles. She's even added a little bit of a slice. So if you look at her older tapes, from a couple of years ago, it's interesting to see how she's gotten to win those two Grand Slams she's won, huh? Because she's added to her game. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, that's very important as a junior tennis player mm-hmm. to show you that even as a professional player, she keeps adding to her game. Right. So you always can add something new. All right. So, Karina, give me some of your big goals for the next year. What's your big goal? My big goal? Well, my goals not are not to like win tournaments, not to like have like like a ranking or anything. My big goal is get my serve down because sometimes when I'm in like like I'm under pressure, my serve breaks down. So I want to be able to keep my serve up and have a big serve under pressure. I love that goal because I know we've set that as one of our goals and that should be the biggest goal, right? And I feel like a lot of (laughs) women on the tour should also have that goal. So you are in good company, (laughs) Karina, and we are going to get that serve down (laughs) next Friday. So of all those, obviously you're gonna say Sabalenka, but give me somebody <laughs> else besides Sabalenka that you're looking forward to watching live. Well, I mean, I've never I don't think I've never seen Pagula play. And I find her game interesting because sometimes she's on, sometimes she's off. And I know I think she's tr- um switched coaches. Is that right? Yes, in Australia she got she she lost in Australia. She was a bit sick, and the a week later she got rid rid of her coach David Witt, who she was with for five to six years. So it's a big change. All right, so Karina, what are you Bagula now that she has her new coach? Well, I've seen Bagula on tape. Um, before she changed her coach and she she was playing well I mean didn't I think she got to top three right and 
she was playing well. She, I mean, her strokes are good. They're solid, but they can break down sometimes under pressure. Um, and now I want to see if that changed. Okay. Well, I think that's a good thing to go watch and see if it changed. Two months is not that long, but hey, a new coach, a new outlook. She could be playing a little bit different. I mean, we might have to see in the summer if she can change, but you're going to give me those tips about that. Well, Karina, this was a lot of fun. Thank you for coming on. And thank you I will so much. See you. You're welcome. I'll see you tomorrow for practice. Okay. See you. See you tomorrow. Okay. Okay. Well, that was a lot of fun. My youngest guest ever just came on. And it's interesting to get the ideas from an 11 year old brain when you are coaching them and then to actually see what they absorb. And Karina absorbs a lot and I'm very proud of her. And she is a very astute little junior tennis player coming up. So we will have to keep our eye out on her in the years to come. Maybe we'll be seeing her at Indian Wells when she's 15, 16 or 17 or 18. You never know. Or 20. It just depends on the development. All right. Well, going into Indian Wells, I'm looking forward to seeing how Coco Goff recovers from the tournament in the Middle East. I'm sure she's going to be just fine. Brad Gilbert and company coming in. Jess Pagula, what Karina was talking about to see if her game has changed a little bit. I watched her in San Diego. It looked the same as Australia. Really, in two months' time, how much are you going to change when you're three in the world? I think it's going to have to set in with a new coach. And in the summer, we might see a little bit more. Uh, good old Ostapenko is just driving up the rankings. She's going to be top 10 after having won a title in Auckland. No, she won a title in South Australia, not Auckland. That was Coco Golf. So Good old Ostapenko, always fun to watch because you never know what you're going to get. She's definitely a little nutty. And then having Yannick Sinner come out, he's going to be a big fan favorite. We can't forget Ben Shelton. My two girls that I coach as well went down to family day on Saturday and today watched a little bit of qualifying and then uh I'll say followed Mr. Ben Shelton around. They got pictures with him and then they saw him working out on the bike next to Andy Murray. It was very fun for them and very funny because they kept sending me picture updates of where Ben was. So they got him in the parking lot. They got him in the gym and they got him on the court. Meanwhile, my other student, Charlie, was at the farmer's market in the Pacific Palisades today. And guess who she ran into? Mr. Novak Djokovic. Little newsy note here. He was practicing at the Pali Rec Center this week. Uh, I think one of his good friends lives in the Palisades, and he should be heading over to the desert, I'm sure, by tomorrow. So hopefully he got some good stuff at the farmer's market in the Palisades. I've never been, but... I've heard it's very good. All right, guys. Well, this has been a short serving aces with my little guest, Karina. A lot of fun to get her thoughts on tennis. And it's always good to have a young voice come in because you forget on the tour when you're playing and when you're maybe coaching on the tour and just all the commentators on the tour, but you kind of 
it's such a small circle of people and such a bubble that you forget there's a whole outside world there. And there's a lot of young players watching what goes on in the tour and they don't know the inside information. They just love watching the players play and they're trying to analyze their games and then they're looking forward to seeing them. So it's always good to remember that there's lots of kids out there that look up to the players and want to be at these big events. So that's what you have to do. You have to dream big when you're little. I remember when I went to Indian Wells, I was seven and I saw Andre Agassi play there, Michael Chang, Pete Sampras, Steffi Graf. And it was before it was at the Indian Wells Tennis Garden, it was at the Hyatt of Grand Champions. And I remember going into the gym and seeing the players work out there. And it was just so cool. And since I was from San Diego, I went down there. We had friends that had a house and we'd go down there on the weekends and play. So Indian Wells was always a big event to go to. And it was just so much fun. And then when I was 15 years old, I got to play in the main draw. I got a wild card in the event and it was a big deal. It was at the Hyatt Grand Champions, those old courts. And I have the t-shirt that the tournament gave you and it had the draw on the back of it. And in that draw has Monica Sellis, Stephanie, Steffi Graf, Lindsay Davenport, uh, a bunch, I think Venus Williams was on there and a bunch of other names that it's just so cool to look at because it was really, that was when women's tennis was a big deal. And then into the early 2000s, just all the great players, Anna Kornikova, Amanda Kutzer, Conchita Martinez. I mean, that group was pretty big back then. And and being on a shirt with Steffi Graf and Monica Sellis was very cool to me. Anyway, I'm so glad that I got to come on by myself for a little bit. I hope you enjoyed it. And Oogie will be back next week. The flow will be nice and fluid. And we will continue our coach's outlook and our player's outlook. And very exciting. I'm going to the Madonna concert tomorrow night. So I will have some thoughts on the iconic Madonna and what I got to see. Super excited about that. Have my outfit ready to go. It's going to be a late start. It's supposed to start at 9, but it's Madonna. So it might start at 1030. You never know. So hopefully I won't get home too late. All right. Well, this has been Serving Aces. I'm Alexandra Stevenson, and I will see you next week.